Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So glad that you're joining me today. This is part two as we look at the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54. And uh, we're going to be talking about the unending kindness of God. Now, you need that kindness, especially when you're feeling like your life has been barren, when you feel like you've been abandoned by God, or when you feel like your life is desolate. So we're looking at the story given to us, this wonderful, amazing, powerful story given to us by Isaiah. And we began yesterday talking about how the book was written, who it applies to, and if you missed yesterday's broadcast, please go back and kind of get the foundational teaching on the background of the book of Isaiah. We're on the second point today. Yesterday we talked about the barren life and how God used Isaiah to waken up his people. Uh, They felt like they could not produce, and so Isaiah says, well, just burst into a song, shout for joy. And uh, God's going to do something in you that is never done for you before. He's going to bring about prosperity. He's going to allow you to be able to produce. But you got to put your faith in him. You've got to turn from your sins. And then, secondly, Isaiah addressed his people because they felt abandoned from God. Have you ever felt like that? Like God has abandoned you. Listen to these words in Isaiah 54, beginning at verse number four. Don't be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You're not going to be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young, only to be rejected, says your God. Oh, for a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness. I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. When you think about something or somebody that's been abandoned, you think of somebody that's not doing well. Uh, When you think about a building, I've got a picture on my screen right now of a building that was vacated, it was abandoned, and you know, if you just leave a building alone and don't go in it and don't use it and and don't do any maintenance or cleaning on it, uh, that building will begin to decompose, and it doesn't take very long at all. Uh, this particular picture shows how the the ceiling is starting to cave in, and this looks like a building that at one time was a place that, that housed a lot of people. Maybe it was a theater, but the grass has started to grow up in the in the middle of the building, and there's a board that is trying to prop up the ceiling, but the ceiling's caving in, and, and there's debris everywhere, and the place is not secure, and, uh, and the place looks like it at one time it was a beautiful edifice, 
but now it's falling into disrepair. Maybe that's how you feel in your life. You feel like you've been abandoned. You take a person who doesn't take care of their health or somebody who doesn't take care of good nutrition and doesn't get any exercise and and doesn't go to the doctor or doesn't go to the dentist and they abandon their lives to a life of avoiding anything that will better themselves and they begin to fall apart. They begin to not only feel abandoned, but they begin to look abandoned. You know, there's certain things in life that you're never going to get past. It doesn't matter how old you get. There are certain things that you're always going to battle. I was thinking about the Apostle Paul and uh, how he was getting at the end of his life. And, and at the end of his life, he's just trying to put his affairs in order. And, and he knows that his departure is near. He knows uh, that he's not going to be around too much longer. So he writes to his young protege, Timothy. And in 2 Timothy chapter 4, this is toward the very end of the life of the Apostle Paul. And, and he says, I want you to know something, Timothy. As you look at my life, uh, I want you to know that you're to preach the word. Preach it in season and out of season. Uh, Whether it is a time of favor, whether it is well-received or not well-received at all, keep preaching the word. You're going to have certain people that will receive the word and and certain people that won't. That's something you're never going to get past that. It, It always amazes me, the people sometimes that you invest most heavily in, turn out to disappoint you. And and Paul's going to talk about one of those people as he walks through this particular chapter. Uh, So he encourages Timothy to be patient uh, as he's preaching, to rebuke, to correct, and and encourage the people with good teaching. And he's saying there's going to be coming a time, and and by the way, I think we may be in that time right now where, where people will no longer listen to sound and and wholesome teaching. They're going to follow their own desires, and they're going to look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths. Paul says, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. But Paul says, you know, as for me, um, my life is already being poured out as an offering to God. Now, the time of my death is very near. And then he says this, and, and I hope that you can say this at the end of your life. I hope I can say this at the end of my life. I have fought the good fight. Uh, life is a fight. It never ends. Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have continued to fight the good fight. And then he says something else. I have not only fought the good fight, I have finished the race. Don't get an incomplete in your life. Live life to its fullest, right to the very end. Finish that race. And then Paul says, I have remained faithful. So here we learn three things of what Paul dealt with. He says, I fought hard, I finished strong, I remained faithful. And now he says, uh, there's a prize that awaits him, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give 
to me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. And then Paul says to Timothy, you know, I'm here in this prison and I want you to come see me. Here's one thing that you're never going to get past. You're always going to need people in your life. Paul says to Timothy, I want you to come with me and come see me. Paul is indicating here that he needs some company. Maybe he is a little discouraged, and he and he kind of gives us a hint as to why he is so discouraged. He says, Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this life. Some translation says, he loves the things of the world more than he loves God. And as a result of that, Demas deserted. Demas abandoned the apostle Paul, and he went to Thessalonica. And then he's gone to Galatia, and then he says, Titus has left to Dalmatia. And, and he said, man, it's it just me and Luke. And so, Timothy, would you come and see me? I need some company. I'm hurt by those who have abandoned me. And then he continues on and adds in something that, that is quite unexpected, because Scripture leaves out uh, part of what Paul Harvey would say the rest of the story in regards to a guy by the name of John Mark. John Mark went with the Apostle Paul on a missionary journey, and as they were out journeying along, uh, apparently uh, John Mark got uh, homesick, and he abandons Paul. You see, Paul was quite acquainted with people abandoning him and leaving him, and and John Mark maybe missed mom's cooking or just couldn't handle the rigors of the mission field, and and he goes back home, and on the second missionary journey uh, Paul takes, it, it becomes such a divisive matter because John Mark wants to join Paul, and Paul says, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think you're ready for this. Uh, the rigors of what I'm asking you to do, you, you're not able to handle it, and and Paul was one of these really rough and tough kind of guys, and, and it became divisive. As a matter of fact, he and Barnabas had a major disagreement over this. Barnabas said, well, uh, Paul, uh, if John Mark's not going, then, then I'm not going to go with you either. And, and they separate company, and, and they go two different ways. But we learned something along the line happened, and John Mark had a change of heart. John Mark was reconciled with the Apostle Paul, and and obviously, Barnabas uh, was involved in that process. And as we look at the story, we discover that Paul says, bring Mark with you when you come, because he has been faithful to me in ministry. You see, sometimes the people that you don't expect to do well, God takes them, and he turns them around, and he grabs a hold of them, and he changes their life. I think about a guy who is now leading our Celebrate Recovery ministry, and uh, he's a guy that has grown exponentially. Uh, but 20 years ago, I met this individual. His name is Greg, and and Greg was coming along somewhat in his faith, and, and he was growing somewhat in his faith, but he, he was very inconsistent. I, I want to tell you something. If you want to have great faith, there's only one way to get it. you got to be dogged, determined to be faithful. You're never going to have great faith until you've learned to be greatly faithful. Well, Greg kind of stopped coming to church, and, and I lost touch with him. He wouldn't return my calls, and finally I stopped reaching out to him. And one day out of the blue, several years ago, he called me, and he wanted to get on the right track. 
And I was a little bit leery because he would be like a John Mark. As like, yes, you were with us, but you uh, you abandoned us, right? Uh, but now he's back, and now he's changed. Uh, so I want you to know, people can change. Uh, don't buy into that line that says, once an addict, always an addict. Once a drunk, always a drunk. Listen, my God can change people. God changed John Mark. So Paul says, bring him with you. And then Paul says, when you come, be sure to bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. And what's Paul saying here? Paul's saying, I'm about to freeze to death. A winter's coming. Not only am I in the winter of my life, uh, but uh, I am also experienced the season of winter. Uh, would you bring my cloak with you when you come? You see, there's certain things you're never going to get past. Huh? Feeling abandoned. Yeah, I used to think as I got older, uh, maybe people wouldn't leave the church, but they still leave the church. As I got older, I thought, well, uh, maybe my life will have uh, come all together and I won't have the struggles that I used to have as a young man, but they still happen. As you get older, people still abandon you. Sometimes it's not any of their own doings. It's just that, that they've left us and maybe they've passed on. That's another downside of getting older, right? You go to a lot of funerals and you say so long to a lot of people. And, and so Paul is still dealing with loneliness and feeling abandoned, and Paul is dealing with some physical needs, and, and he's feeling cold, and, and he wants a cloak. But then there's something else that Paul is also wrestling with, and, and he never gets past the point of needing to grow spiritually. He says, bring also my books, and especially my papers or my parchments. What was that? That was the notes that he wrote on the Old Testament passages of Scripture. He says, that's what I want. I'll bring that with me because I got to keep on studying. Uh, even though I'm, I'm almost finished my race here, I'm going to keep on studying. I'm going to keep on getting into the Word. And then he says in verse number 14, he changes subjects real fast. And he says, oh, Alexander, Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much harm, but the Lord would judge him for what he's done. And here we see that uh, even the Apostle Paul is wrestling with uh, bad feelings toward Alexander, who did him much harm. And, and Alexander uh, was in one of the towns in which a great revival takes place and a great spiritual awakening takes place, and a lot of people are getting saved. And, and Alexander is, is getting hit in the pocketbook because he was a coppersmith who made idols. And with all these people getting saved, it hurt his business. I mean, after all, if you go from worshiping idols to worshiping the true God, you're not going to have to buy any more idols. And so Alexander the coppersmith got ticked off with the apostle Paul and did Paul much harm. But Paul says, I'm not going to take care of that. The Lord will judge him for what he has done. And then he says, be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. So Paul here is reminding us uh, that you can never get beyond having to put up your guard. Always be vigilant. The enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And oftentimes he will use people to get us discouraged. And then verse number 16 in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says, the first time I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. Here's the theme again, being abandoned. 
And so Paul here says, but the Lord stood with me and he gave me the strength that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Now, I I want you to know that, uh, that God wired us to be in community, to be with people. But sometimes we're going to feel abandoned by people. And there's some needs that only God can meet in your life. Paul is reminding us that, that the good news of the gospel is the fact that you will never be abandoned by God. And then Paul says, the Lord has delivered me from every attack, and he's going to bring me safely into the heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And it's amazing how Paul continues to put his confidence in Christ. Now, as we look at what Isaiah was saying to his people, they felt abandoned. But they're going to go from being abandoned to being accepted. Only if they would put their faith in God and obey Him. That's where you find the acceptance of God. Paul said to the Corinthian believers in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says, man, we've been persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We've been struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for the sake of Jesus, so that life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. God wants to take you, even in those times when you feel abandoned by Him, and He wants to use you so that others can see Christ in you. You see, when you think about the greatness of people, it's never determined by their aptitude. It's always determined by their attitude. When people look at you and they know that you're going through a heavy load and they know that you are struggling, do they see Jesus in you? Do they see the fact that your life has purpose because you are trusting God and God alone? In those times where you're feeling abandoned, you are trusting Him. Well, we have one last point to cover. Maybe today you are feeling desolate defenseless. In Isaiah 54, Isaiah gives this picture of a desolate life. He says the city is afflicted. It's been lashed down by storms and has not been comforted. But God will rebuild. He's going to rebuild with stones of turquoise and your foundation will be rebuilt. I'm going to make your battlements of rubies and your gates of of sparkling jewels and Your walls will be of precious stones. All your children will be taught by the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness, you will be established. Tyranny will be far from you. You will have nothing to fear. Terror will be far removed. It will not come near to you. If anyone does attack you, it will not be my doing. Whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Oh, this is a promise given to the nation of Israel. And how poignant it is for today where we are right now as Israel was attacked by Hamas and now they're at war. 
Hey, Israel, whoever attacks you will surrender to you. Verse 16. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals and the flames and forges a weapon fit for its work. And it is I who have created the destroyer to wreak havoc. And then verse number 17. I love verse 17. No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Oh, maybe today you're feeling like, I am desolate, I am defenseless, I don't see anything good happening in my future. On my screen, I have a picture of Barrow, Alaska. And in Barrow, they say that caribou outnumber the people. There are no roads that lead to Barrow. The town is only accessible by plane and an hour and a half flight from Anchorage. It's sitting on the top of Alaska, this little town. Their winter consists of 65 straight days of darkness. Can you imagine? Dark, desolate, cold, and everything's more expensive in this small, little, desolate place. Feeling like they're cut off from civilization. Maybe that's how you feel today. I want you to know, you can go from desolation to deliverance. My God will bring about deliverance. Just as he did for Paul, he will do it for you as well. And oftentimes, God does that by bringing in a friend at just the right time. I really do want to encourage you to study God's Word with a group of people. In our church, we have small groups. And and I don't think I go too many Sundays without talking about the importance of being in a small group. And as you go to your small group, it's, it's not just a Bible study, but it is an opportunity to study God's Word. It's a time of fellowship. Uh, most of our small groups have a time of eating together and, and breaking bread and fellowshipping together. And, and I don't know about you and your experience with small group, but I, I look forward to Monday nights. Monday nights is my small group night, and I meet with a group of people on Monday night, and I've been meeting with this same group of people for over a year. And uh, we have such a great time of fellowship. We encourage one another. We support one another. Not only do we study God's Word together, but we do things together. As a matter of fact, next year, we're going up to, um, to Pennsylvania. We're going to go up to Lancaster, sight and sound, and, and we're going to go up as a small group and, and, and hang out for a couple days. And, and uh, we're going to go see a show there at sight and sound. I think we're going to go see Esther. And, and it's going to be a great opportunity for us to bond with one another and hang out with one another. When you think about how God created us, He created us for community. And maybe you need to have the support of community, the support of people being there with you. Why don't you get connected with a church? You know, when you think about a church, if you're born again, God wants you connected with a local group of believers. He doesn't want you to being out there in the middle of no man's land. He wants you connected with other believers. You know what? Not only do you receive a blessing, but you will be a blessing. So I invite you to come worship with us this Sunday at Hickory Ridge Community Church at 9 o'clock or 1045. We would love to have you come. Now, in the remaining minute of the broadcast, I want to spend this time praying with you and praying for you. So Lord, I pray for everyone who has just listened to this message. I pray that you will infuse them with your love, 
Allow them to experience the promises that you have given them. Help them to walk by faith. And Lord, maybe somebody here is really discouraged. They're feeling abandoned. They're feeling barren and desolate. Lord, would you give them hope? Would you allow them to realize there is much hope given through God's word, given through God's people? May they connect with others who can allow them to be built up in their faith. May they be like Paul, finding their strength in the Lord. I think about those who are going through a hard time. Sunday, I prayed over just a a couple people in our church that were going through a difficult time. So I'm praying for them. I'm praying for those listening to this broadcast right now. Lord, fill them with your spirit. Don't allow them to give in to the fear. Help them to realize that you haven't given them that spirit of fear, but of love and of a sound mind. Allow them to walk by faith, not by sight. And Lord, we're going to give you all the praise for it because you are an amazing God. And we love you even when we don't know how to love ourselves. Even when we don't have all the answers because you're a good God and you're a holy God. So thank you for being with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. God bless you. Have an amazing day. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.